Hi, Cece. How are you? Good. So I think we have a bunch of guys raising their hands already. So let's invite three or four people up at a time and then go through the same old style. Are there some topics that you particularly are interested in talking about today, Cece? Let's see how it goes. Um, I have a few topics, but I also think that people would just ask the questions. So. Okay, go for it. So yeah. I think we'll probably cover them regardless. All right, uh, Ethan? Oh, hi, everyone. Cece, I just want to bring you back to an interview you did in 2018 on uh, on this podcast, Epicenter, and it made quite the impression on me, to be honest. In it, you talked about your operating principle, in which you said, once we decided, we just execute. If I make 80% good decisions, I can live with it if, if the 20% is not fatal. I'm just wondering what made you decide to adopt that and whether you still operate that way now. Yeah, well, thanks for the compliment. And uh, we still very much operate that way. And we actually operate in a more extreme fashion now because we have a higher tolerance to failure now. When we were first a startup, we pretty much, we can only pursue one or two kind of areas or projects at a time. And if, those, if that doesn't work, we have to repivot the entire startup, basically the entire team to do something else. The opportunity cost there is much higher. Even in the old days, I think for startups today, that's the only way you can operate. Because things change so quickly today, uh, having a plan is really bad, I think. I think you can sort of have a plan or have a very high level rough plan, but be ready to change it all the time. I sometimes give the analogy of um, using Kung Fu. Like a junior Kung Fu student will have a plan and they'll just play out their moves one by one, hoping to defeat the opponents that way. But uh, if the opponent's dynamic, which in business environments, uh, the environment is always very dynamic, a pre-set of moves does not work very well. You have to make one move and then uh, think about the next one. So the ability for entrepreneurs to have, uh, for entrepreneurs to have the ability to adjust quickly uh, is really, really important. So you never really have a set of moves uh, three or four steps ahead of time, but you have a combination of those that you can use. So that's kind of how I view things. Um, and given that Binance is much larger now, so we have a core business that's relatively uh, solid financially. So you can fund a lot of other experiments. And um, the other experiments can have a much higher rate of failure. So we can try many new projects at the same time and a high number of them can fail. It doesn't really impact our bottom line. And um, only a few of them are successful. Then we can, uh, the keys, if the successful ones have to be 10x, 100x, 1,000x successful uh, or probably more. Uh, we just did a calculation. Well, BNB is easy to calculate. So BNB is now 280, well, now 26,000 times uh, multiple. So if you have one of those successes, then it covers all, uh, quite a lot of the failures. So um, I believe in today's business environment, you have to have that sort of a dynamic uh, ability. It takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of experience. Yeah, and it also takes a certain type of personality that can deal with a lot of uncertainty, but also at the same time maintain a general direction. So um, it's kind of tricky to explain, but uh, that's kind of how I view that. Well, thank you. That's very interesting. And uh, I love the Kung Fu analogy. And just a follow-up, if I may, uh, if I'm not wrong, you're a Canadian. And while I know Binance is decentralized and a global company, do you have any plans to deepen your engagement with your home country? Um, yeah, so I have actually have not been back to Canada for a while. Um, it's my favorite country, and uh, I do plan to retire there. In Vancouver specifically, uh, the weather is super nice, the area people are super nice, and um, it's just a very nice environment. On the crypto front, I think basically my impression of Canada on the regulatory front is they generally follow the U.S., um, Canada is not a super aggressive country. It's, uh, it's a very reasonable country. And uh, on regulation-wise, I think they, t- they typically look to the U.S. and try to just adopt what the U.S. is adopting. I think right now there's a lot of activity in the U.S. We do have uh, some partners exploring the Canadian regulatory space. So um, hopefully we'll, we will be able to offer some um, uh, concrete fiat on-ramps, etc. soon. Yeah, so I think basically we're trying to figure out what's going on in the U.S. or other parts of the world before we figure out Canada, but Canada is a very important market for us, and it's for me particularly. I do have a lot of affinity to, towards Canada and really love the country. We do want a, a solid uh, service offers in, in Canada, so we, we do want to crack that. So hopefully that answers that, and uh, thanks. Um, so we'll move on to, move on to Sean. Uh, hi, Caesar. I'm actually having two questions uh, regarding Binance itself. I'm a pro trader. I have a trading platform on top of Binance. I do have some algorithms uh, is for frequency trading, but I don't see the opportunity to 
use my algorithm because Binance does not support WebSockets for creating orders. Okay. And also, there is another thing I want to mention is uh, BNB itself. To me, BNB is so precious and valuable, which I don't want to use it for paying fees. I'm thinking maybe, <laughs> maybe Binance could come up with different ways. For example, if you stake 2,000 BNB, you get fee discount or something like that instead of spending the BNB itself. Right. Okay. Uh, the first question is probably more of a technical one. So you're probably running a, your own algo uh, platform uh, using the Binance APIs. Um, the order submission is only REST API only, uh, which does not keep a session live. So it is a little bit more expensive in that regard. But um, we have some really high-frequency traders that are using that. Um, they submit a lot of orders every day. So um, I'm not sure what the limitations are. We, I know for uh, market data, we do use WebSockets. It's a, it's a stream. So I just push it. Uh, once you have a WebSocket session, just pushes the stream out to you. To be honest, that's about as technical as, as I can get uh, now. I don't know more technical details than that. On the REST API, uh, so if you are, there's a couple of different teams you're probably already interfacing. You're either using the broker API or you can contact our API support team. They can probably help you better. The second question is actually easier to answer. Um, this, I believe that's a, a misconception or misthinking uh, fallacy, to be honest. Basically, uh, you hold some BNB that you want to keep and then you want to trade. So you're going to use, I don't know, USDT or BUSD or some other coin to pay for fees. If you estimate your trading volume either on a weekly or um, daily, weekly, if you're doing a business, you can probably estimate it on, on a daily basis. Um, if you're not a super frequent trader, you can, you can do it on a weekly or monthly basis. And look, this is how much fees I'm going to have to pay. Um, and because if I hold it in BNB, number one, um, I get a discount. Number two, there may or may not be, a, uh, there may be some uh, price fluctuations, but in general, the direction is up for BNB so far. Um, that's not to predict the future prices or anything. But um, whatever that you're going to use to pay uh, for fees in the next month or so, you can just pre-convert that into BNB and that's it. Um, and so uh, it's not you're holding less BNB, you're spending the BNB you're spending. Um, that's a common uh, bucket of money fallacy. Um, which bucket you put your money and people tend to have a association with a bucket and don't touch that bucket. So um, I actually wrote a blog post on this uh, not long ago. Uh, um, I'll try to dig it out later. Uh, that's a common thinking fallacy. And also that thinking fallacy is also the same as um, uh, there's a lot of guys who hold, uh, who hold uh, Bitcoin and they don't want to spend Bitcoin. Um, well, if, if you don't spend, let's say if you want to buy something, you can either spend Bitcoin or you can spend BNB or you can spend the US dollars or some other currency. All you got to do is basically um, uh, whatever that you're going to spend, let's say, let's say it's US dollars. If you don't want to spend the BTC that you, that, that you want to hold, you just buy a bit more BTC after you spend it. So um, uh, that's the thinking. Uh, I don't know if I explained it correctly or if that makes sense. So hopefully that, uh, that explains that. All right, uh, let's move on to Mike. Hi, Thank you. Uh, hope you guys are doing well. Uh, I, was just, I just had a question about Binance, Shane. Do you guys see... Based on our references, 80% of the blocks were full at peak times. And I was wondering, do you think uh, eventually Binance will have like the same scaling solution problems as Ethereum in the future? Okay. Um, I believe right now Binance Smart Chain blocks are not that full. They're not at capacity. Uh, I don't know. Where, I don't know where that eighty percent number came from. Um, what I heard is that my impression was they are uh, still pretty far from capacity uh, just yet. Um, I could be wrong. You know, like on peak times, that's what I heard. Eighty percent. Okay, so they may be like peaks, um, etc. So uh, might be true. Um, but what I was told, uh, based on my conversations with some of the developers uh, um, for Binance Smart Chain, um, I think they have they still have like at least ten x uh, or more headroom. And um, uh, any layer two solution that works on Ethereum uh, will also work on Binance Smart Chain. So um, that is a possibility. Um, but I personally have a, um, a view that layer two solutions are uh, so far are not that user-friendly. They still need quite a bit more iterations to, to make them more user-friendly. I'm not that deep into some of the more advanced Layer 2 solutions or some of the newer ones, um, so I could be wrong. Uh, but also Layer 2 solutions does imply a certain level of trust on, on a local, uh, whoever is doing the uh, roll-up. Um, there are various ways to, um, to verify that, but it actually decreases the level of decentralization. So I'm not against it. Um, I 
I think the, uh, whatever works on Ethereum could work on uh, Binance Smart Chain when it hits. But right now, it seems that most people are not using Layer 2 solutions. So that may or may not be a viable solution, to be very frank. I see. Thank you. I just thought it was interesting because I saw decentralized exchange called ZK Swap. They're bridging from Ethereum to Binance Chain. So that's where my question came from. And they're using ZK flips. So do you have an opinion on that type of technology for uh, Layer 2 solutions? I'm not planning anything for BSC. BSC is a decentralized community. I have heard of um, uh, Layer 2 solution, uh, Layer 2 projects on uh, for BSC a number of times already in various discussions. Um, I don't know too much detail about them, but I know I actually know a few different groups working on different different projects relating to rollups, etc. Cheers, Mike. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Timmy. Oh yeah, hi Susie. Um, um, thank you. Uh, I consent to being recorded. Uh, I just have two really simple questions, basically. Um, first is um, so with I noticed because um, I'm I'm staking BNB to get Alice, and I'm also staking CHR. But even though I'm staking a little, like sure, um, BNB is worth a lot more than the CHR I have, but I'm getting more Alice in CHR than. I'm getting on BNB. I don't know if there's a reason for that because surely BNB is worth more. I would have expected it to be the other way around. Um, I'm actually not so sure about that, to be very frank. So I actually don't do mining myself. Uh, I don't do farming myself. Um, so I'm actually not super uh, experienced in that area. Um, I'm very for DeFi, my, uh, uh, your farming, etc. Um, but I actually don't do it myself. So I'm, <laughs> I actually don't know, yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, then I have another question. Um, again, it's just on the transaction history. So if you're looking at maybe when you buy like um, crypto with with a pairing, is there a way that it could give you? So say for instance, I buy BNB uh, with BTC, right? Is yeah. there a way that it could give you the fiat um, amounts when you're looking through your, like your history at the point where you bought the BTC, where you use the BTC to buy the BNB just because it would show you what you bought, like the what you bought in BTC, but it doesn't show you what the fiat amount at the time was. I don't know if that makes sense. Right, right, right. Um, we don't have that feature right now. I, I, it is quite a bit of work to record uh, what the fiat value at the time. And so I don't think that would be a feature we can add that quickly, to be very honest. I'll take note of that. If there are other, um, I'll, I'll chat with a few more guy, uh, people. Uh, if that's a common request, we can prioritize it. Um, I do know it is a little bit hard to read the transaction histories um, when most people are still much easier to uh, like think in US dollars or fiat terms. Um, looking at 0 0.00 something BTC is really hard to understand. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. So I, so, so I get the request completely. Um, yeah, I can't promise a solution right away, but um, um, we'll look into it a bit more. All right. Thank you very much. That's all for me. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, Timmy. Miss Crypto, right? I recognize the avatar. Hi, CZ. I'm a huge fan. I just had a question since you're talking about the Binance Smart Chain. I'm, I'm a Gen Z. It's so hard for us to accumulate Ethereum, Bitcoin, and just to stack. So I look on Rarible and things like that. And if I were to buy an NFT and with all the gas fees, my Ethereum, all that I've stacked would be gone just from an NFT. What do you picture NFTs looking like on Binance Smart Chain? Do you think the gas fees will be easier? It'll be easier for Gen Z to transact and to accumulate? Uh, absolutely, yes. Well, that's the main selling point of BSC right now, uh, which is the low fees. Um, so um, I think when BSC project was start, first started, the low fee wasn't a feature uh, that was mentioned. It was really fast, uh, high throughput, fast transactions. That was the key feature. But given that the uh, side effect is low fees, well, the, the natural effect is low fees. Um, and because Ethereum is so expensive now, so uh, we're advertising the low fee much, uh, much or at least I'm advertising the low fee aspect of BSC much, much more. Um, uh, yeah, so I think, like, look, there are people who uh, uh, whose transactions are large enough that um, $10 or $100 are not uh, um, a small part of the fee or a small, small part of the transaction it doesn't impact them that much. Um, so they have they got to be transacting pretty large amounts. Um, but for people who are like buying, I don't know, uh, twenty, fifty, $100, um, $500, a, a $10 to $100 fee is pretty significant. You, you can't do that many transactions. Um, actually, I overheard a, a new proposal uh, to lower the 
the BSC fees by 5x more or at least 5x more um, that's being proposed uh, because the BNB price has gone up. Um, so this has been done a few times already. So um, it looks like the BNB fee, uh, the BSC fees will, will continue to stay low. So hopefully that helps the um, uh, Gen Z uh, generation to continue to use um, uh, DeFi in a more cost-effective way. Um, I personally believe when the costs are low, uh, people will do more transactions. We'll see much more vol- volumes and we'll see much more users. And then when wherever the users go, the project will have to follow. So I, I actually didn't, didn't plan this, um, as we discussed at the earliest part of this uh, session. Um, but it just turned out to be. So um, we just, look, um, it is a setting point now. So, uh, I'm, so I'm, I, I'm not driving the direction of BSC, but I'm just promoting this aspect of it very heavily myself. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really love what you guys are doing at Binance. So thank you so much for having me ask my question. Cheers. Yeah, thanks. Pronounce the name right. I guess you, your name is a Miss, uh, Miss Team Bitcoin or, or Miss Bitcoin Team. <laughs> I recognize the avatar from Twitter. Um, all right, let's uh, move on to Jay. Hi, Zed. Um, thanks for taking questions. Um, I've recently been made aware that there's some sort of investigation going on against Binance. Is there anything you could clear up on that to make the users at home feel more um, secure? Uh, sure. About that. Um, yeah. So this is a t- this is a topic that just came up like uh, literally like yeah. I guess like a few minutes ago or a few uh, an hour ago. So number one, I think the news article also said there was no what's the word? I actually don't have the word in front of me. Um, uh, there was no uh, 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 there was no misconduct. Um, what, what's the exact word? Uh, I gotta find. I gotta take it out. Um, Number one, the reporting already said that there's no uh, in, there's no indication of misconduct uh, about Binance, so it's, uh, um, et cetera. So uh, the report all kind of uh, defeated itself. Um, number two, um, as, as a business, um, we uh, I think most people can understand that we have a we have no we must maintain a no common policy on any regulatory issues, right? So um, our our communication with regulators, uh, we cannot comment on that for on any specific detail. In general, I can de- I can describe that uh, we uh, we maintain a very collaborative uh, posture with uh, with all regulators, with all uh, agencies around the world, uh, not just the U.S. and um, uh, and we also have active dialogues with most of law enforcement agencies. So for a report to say, look, someone's investing finance or not, um, it's very hard for us to comment. Uh, because an investigation itself does, ne- does not necessarily mean um, they're, they're trying to charge us or they're, they're trying to do something with us. With us. Um, it could be communication, it could be other things. We can't really comment on the specific details. So um, uh, this type of reporting makes it very, um, very hard for us to respond uh, because we can't really comment on the specific details. And this has happened so many times in the past. So it's not the first time this has, has happened. Uh, some journalists want to sell some clicks, uh, want to sell some uh, some advertising, want to sell some ads. Um, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll write a they'll write a piece like this, which doesn't have a lot of detail, uh, which we cannot respond directly. Um, so it puts us in a very pro- uh, reactive position, but. Um, uh, look on the positive side. Uh, we ha- we just have uh, Senator uh, Max Balkus joining uh, uh, yeah, as, as advisor. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. we are really leveling up on that front. Um, so uh, we are increasing our communication with. We actually want to proactively increase our communication with all regulators uh, around the world. And I think for crypto to get to the next phase of do- of adoption, the industry players, uh, the crypto players, uh, needs to come. Uh, Right now, I kind of see there's kind of a gap between the industry players and where the regulations and the regulators. So I, I hopefully uh, want to see both sides extend their hands and they, they actually uh, bridge that gap. And so they have overlapping communication. So we're actually proactively reaching out to most uh, uh, um, uh, uh, to most regulatory bodies, um, government agencies, etc., uh, to try to uh, improve this area. So we want to. We historically has been a startup. Well, we have been a. We are still a fairly young startup. We're less than four years old. We're, we're just about yeah. three, and, three, and three, something, three something years old. Uh, we just grown quickly. Uh, so people think that we are we, we are big for some reason. But I kind of view us as a startup uh, that's still very small. <laughs> 
and we haven't had a lot of time to reach out to regulators um, to uh, or government agencies to sort of um, uh, and uh, this is not our forte to begin with. We are more of a technology com- uh, team, but now we're adding a lot more senior guys on the regulatory compliance legal side so and government relations side so that we can we can bridge the gap. So we are actually we actually have active communication with most agencies. Um, I cannot comment specifically on CFTC. Um, so um, and um, yeah, so that unfortunately is as much as I comment. But uh, look, um, the story doesn't have a lot of teeth. Um, it is what it is. Um, and to be honest, I I don't want to attack this specific journalist. I actually don't know what his name is. Um, there's also cases, I'm not saying in this specific case, there's also cases where some of our competitors, or self, self-perceived competitors, they actually try to encourage other journalists, um, encourage maybe a soft word, but they, they sometimes go to extremes. We call it, we call it jealousy. Jealousy, or we, sometimes we call it bribery, uh, to journalists to uh, to write bad things about about Binance. Um, that has happened in the past. I'm not saying that ha- that that is the that is yes. this case. I don't have any evidence of of, of that. So, but yeah. it, it, those things happen. It's it's kind of nasty, but it is what it is. Uh, we will continue to do what we think are best. We'll continue to um, uh, to improve our compliance and to uh, uh, not only our compliance. We'll also work very actively with uh, um, uh, with uh, um, with. Uh, regulators around the world to improve our com- uh, to improve the compliance standards of the industry on this last point um so for the article talks about uh, investigations on, uh, on, on potentially uh, U.S. users, uh, on this point, I can comment publicly that Binance has probably the strongest um, uh, KYC AML program in the industry. Uh, we use no less than a, uh, we, we, we use no less than a dozen uh, third-party um, uh, KYC AML tools and vendors, um, including Jumio, Onfido, WordCheck, Elliptic, uh, CypherTrace, etc. I can go. Um, I Actually, don't have all the names in my head because um, they're, they're quite a long list. So we do very very strict KYC AML, and um, um, we also do very intelligent um, IP based geofencing, uh, including some of the common VPNs people use. So even if people use a VPN, we we have technologies to block them. Um, on top of all of so that's kind of the standard uh, so far that uh, most industry players use, um, and we do that to a very high degree, um, to a very high standard. And on top of that, we actually do a few other analysis that other players are not do. Uh, most industry players and even regulators are not requiring. Uh, we do blockchain analysis on deposit and withdrawals. If a de- deposit withdrawal comes from a U.S. source, uh, we uh, we look at that and to determine if the receipt recipient is also a U.S. user or if they have, if they have a U.S. connect uh, uh, connect. And uh, if we deem that they do, we uh, we try we intervene and we block that account and we offboard that user. Um, so uh, we actually do also have other uh, methods. Um, to be very frank, uh, we don't collect any information on users, but um, uh, there are some public info- information that we can use to determine if a user uh, is a U.S. user. Um, in addition to what I described, I'll give you one example. If you if you are using a mobile app. Um, it's quite carrier information is public, and there's only four uh, there's only four carriers in the U.S. So if you use a mobile app, if you ever use a Binance mobile app, and uh, we detect that one that you, you're using a, a U.S. carrier, um, even though we don't know your location, we don't have to have anything specific on you. We think that's a very high degree of confidence that you are you may be a U.S. user. We actually do very uh, mislabel many people who travel to the U.S. Um, uh, non-U.S. citizen, non-U.S. resident, but they just happen to travel to the U.S. once or uh, sometime in their history. We actually um, have a lot of those cases that we have. We have the reverse problem that uh, our algorithms are too strict. So we do all of those things. To that end, well, I believe we have the most uh, advanced U.S. Uh, person detection algorithms in the industry, uh, and not just in the crypto industry, just just uh, just in the internet industry. So uh, we're also happy to share some of that technology with regulators. Uh, or with other industry players, um, so I think we do that. To, we do that better than anybody else. So um, there's a common misconception about Binance because we were not starting the U.S. and so people think that Binance is not compliant, um, but that's totally wrong. Uh, Binance is probably the most compliant organization uh, in crypto. Uh, Binance also holds probably holds the most number of uh, uh, crypto regulatory licenses. Um, so uh, overall, uh, Binance are and our part and our partners. Um, we have uh, so even though in the U.S. Uh, our 
uh, our local, uh, our part of this Binance US, which is an independent entity. They uh, in the US, they I think they currently have forty something states. Um, they don't have some of the bigger states uh, such as uh, New York, etc. Um, in the so in the states, Binance US has slightly less than um, uh, uh, some of the other players. But if we look at the um, other parts of the world, we actually have probably have the most of any single brand. Um, of course, uh, um, uh, uh, each most of them are local uh, separate local entities. So um, this is another uh, this is another myth that Binance is, uh, doesn't have a lot of licenses. It's actually wrong. But I think, I think Binance probably have the most number of licenses uh, if we combine uh, all of our resources together. So, um, so uh, that's a common misconception people have as well. But it is what it is. Um, some journalists like to write uh, specializing hit pieces um, in negative news, and it is what it is. Um, so we'll continue to uh, try to clarify our position. Um, we can't. We cannot comment on specific regula- regulatory communication. Um, yeah. So that's. Uh, I'm not too worried about it. But we'll continue to push forward. Um, so let's uh, move to Ada. Hi, Susie and uh, Amy. Um, I actually had the same question as Jay, but I think you um, answered uh, most of it. Um, just a little note that um, I think American traders are not allowed to trade derivatives, right? So that's why Coinbase doesn't have this tool. Um, but also, I think Binance has like a US portal. Is that right? Or like Americans not? Uh, allowed to trade on Binance at all because I think a lot of Americans may be um, listening right now so I just asked for them and um, I have the second question regarding um, NFT and BSC because uh, I noticed like Binance listed a lot of projects recently um, related to um, NFT and uh, fan club tokens um, what's your view about it and because uh, you, you tweeted about people um, actually, right. So, I was you you about it. Uh, will Binance continue the effort to support NFT um, or like any uh, um, GameFi or NFT projects? Um, also, regarding BSC, because the hype is kind of quieting down right now. But I I actually um, gonna participate in all the projects on BSC, like the IFO and stuff. And uh, I'm a BNP Maxi. So I just want to know, like, will there be more, like, innovation on BSC? Okay. So I'll answer the U.S. part first. Um, so on Binance.com, um, there's no way for us to service U.S. users. Um, so that's... Um, I think the regulations are very clear um, now, and um, it's not our decision. We don't have a call. We don't. We don't have a voice. We don't have an opinion. Uh, we just got to follow what the regulations are. Um, and um, so on Binance.com, uh, we cannot. Not only can we not allow U.S. users to trade, we cannot allow them to hold a uh, to hold any funds on Binance. If any sophisticated, so as soon as we detect this, uh, a user uh, have U.S. Um, either IP, KYC, etc., well, we, we we cannot even allow them to deposit. Uh, because but just doing deposit withdrawal is actually moving money around for us for to service a us person to move to move money around um you we need a few uh, us based licenses uh, uh and um, so binance us can service us users binance us is a us registered entity it is completely separate from binance.com and um uh, it is registered i believe it is registered with fincen and a few uh, and has a, a number of state msb licenses um i don't actually know all the details but um uh, so binance us can service us users and um, on Binance.com, uh, absolutely zero. So that's um, that's but that's we don't make the rules, and um, that's really it's really that simple. So I hope that answers uh, the U.S. I do I do know that there's a lot of U.S. Uh, interest in using Binance.com because we have um, much more product offerings that's n- not available on Binance U.S. So Binance U.S. is a pretty simple, relatively simple uh, spot exchange with no derivatives, uh, with no earnings, with no um, super mining, with no launch pad, no launch pool. So there's a lot of interesting features that's not available on Binance U.S. But Binance U.S. already do provide a larger selection of coins than most of the U.S. Based uh, exchanges, including uh, things like Dodge, Dodge, um, uh, etc. So, um, 
honestly, it is what it is. It's not something that we can decide. Uh, it's not so, uh, we don't have the option. Um, we uh, it, uh, we we just gotta strictly enforce. We actually have to go uh, above and beyond what's required in, in terms of blocking U.S. users because uh, many users do want to use the uh, the Binance Talk. Many U.S. users do want to use the Binance.com platform, and they try really hard to circumvent uh, some of the blocks we have. And we it's a we actually have to improve the uh, the, the blocking technologies uh, really well. So, um, so, that, so that's on the U.S. On the BSC side, so NFTs. Um, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big fan of N- NFTs. I do not bid on NFTs. I, I never, I never really tried to buy one uh, myself. I was given a few by different people. Um, so I'm not an art collector. So, so it's not in my forte to collect art. Um, I can't organize them. I can't, I can't keep them. I lose them pretty quickly, etc. So, but overall, though. Um, I think it is a really, really interesting um, innovation. And uh, uh, before people thought of, uh, people kind of just think about NFTs as a fun thing to collect. But uh, uh, now um, what's clear is that NFTs is really a fundraising mechanism or revenue or or monetization mechanism for artists. Uh, If we look at 2017 uh, for the ICOs, I think basically the ICOs provided entrepreneurs uh, the ability to raise money all around the world for their projects. And that as long as they issue, a, a most recommended for them to issue a utility token that people can use in their ecosystem and uh, it does not represent uh, security or equity. Do help people to fund the development of their project. Yes, there were a lot of scams, but many successful projects came, uh, came through with ICOs. Um, and Binance is one of those projects. BNB is one of those projects. I think that's what uh, NFTs is doing that for artists now, so which is really great. I think this is the first time the artists can easily uh, sell their art globally on the blockchain, and uh, people f- from all over the world can bid on it, can buy it, and they can transact it in the secondary market. And um, uh, for arts, um, NFT has so much advantages over traditional uh, 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 brick and mortar paintings, right? The, uh, if you think about the uh, sort of traditional uh, physical paintings or art, uh, there, there's a lot of counterfeit uh, as well, and you don't know if you're holding the authentic one. Uh, with NFT, that that problem that problem goes away. Um, you are the proper owner of that thing, and there's a, a clear history online. And when you buy it, you typically get some interaction with with the author, which you don't get, which it's not easy to get otherwise. Um, so that's just a lot of good, really uh, interesting benefits um, of, of that. And I think this will, uh, ideally, I think NFTs should uh, spawn a new, almost renaissance of uh, art, uh, because now uh, artists will have a much better way to monetize their work. And when artists can better monetize their work, they basically are going to be paid better and, um, and they can do more good work. So I think we'll see a lot more better art and um, the art industry is going to benefit from crypto. Um, so, yeah, but I'm, I'm not an art kind of guy, so I, I, I don't really collect art. So I, I'm not a user, but I'm a strong proponent for, uh, for NFTs. So I want to encourage you to see more growth in, uh, in that area. All right. Hopefully that answers that. Okay. Um, Aliyah? Hi, Susie. So firstly, thanks so much. It's been really interesting. Um, I've just been listening to all the questions and and all the answers. My question is, I'm looking to um, mint an NFT with um, BID Datalink on the Binance Smart Chain. So they've just moved from Ethereum um, to BSC, which is really cool. So what would be the best way in terms of um, auctioning it or any marketplaces that people tend to use when they mint an NFT um, with Binance Smart Chain? Um, yeah, thanks for this question. I forgot to answer this part about Binance Smart Chain. Um, there are a couple of different um, marketplaces on Binance Smart Chain. Again, I'm not an expert user uh, of any of them. Um, I believe Bakery uh, Swap um, uh, has a NFT market offering. Um, there's a couple of really interesting projects that uh, that have migrated from a, well, mi- uh, migrated from Ethereum onto Binance Smart Chain to support NFT markets. Um, they work more similar to OpenSea, uh, etc. So that um, this is there's a website you can track it, but the, all the transactions, all the transfers of assets are done on the blockchain. And again, if you do it on the Ethereum blockchain, it's a bit more costly. So um, there are a few. Um, actually, I know a few names on top of my head, but I'm a little bit skeptical about naming some of them because I don't use them that often. I can't vouch for them that heavily just yet. <laughs> so, um, uh, 
Um, so uh, is yeah. So this is a question that um, I may have to do some more research and get back to you later, uh, Leia. Um, yeah. So that's. Uh, but I, I I do know that there's quite a lot of NFT activity going on on BSC now. So hopefully, we should see more activity on that soon. Okay. Yeah. If you have more information. Um at some point, that would be amazing because I want to. Um, I do want to put it on um, Binance Smart Chain, and we're going to no, do it sorry. soon. So, absolutely, let me know. Um, I'll drop you a message or something. So, thank you so much for answering. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks, Leah. And um, uh, for your show, if you want to interview any of, uh, I can also recommend some of the BSC NFT guy uh, project teams to you. Maybe you can talk to them as well directly. <laughs> that would be great. I really appreciate that, CZ. Uh, cheers. All right, let's move on to Brian. Hi, CZ. Uh... Nice to formally meet you. Uh, actually, everyone took most of the questions. I was going to ask about the regulation in the U.S. because I saw that flood today. And the other person asked about NFTs. They answered that. But, so I'm on my last limb here looking for a question for you. But I have a question. I found one. This is pretty much, what do you think would be the easiest mass adoption route? Because I know like there's a lot of retail investors out there that are asking. And they really don't have an outlet. I mean, finance is great. But, you know, I mean, there's so... Binance in the future needs some kind of super simple-minded retail investor platform, I think, for U.S. especially. And I was just wondering if you have anything in the works like that, maybe, or anything that would progress at mass adoption a little bit faster, because I think that's a big... I mean, we're all tech-savvy here, probably, but obviously there's a lot of grandparents that need that little guidance so I was just saying if you had anything in the works or something like that. Sure. Yeah, on the U.S. regulation side, actually, thanks for uh, bringing it up. Um, I, I brought up my uh, laptop. And, uh, so on the, on the article today, right, it says Binance hasn't, hasn't been accused of any wrongdoing, according to the report, uh, which cited people familiar with the matter. I mean, that's basically what, 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 that, what that article says. Um, so uh, it's basically just, you know, uh, clickback, uh, clickback title, um, uh, more, or more, more implications, etc. Um, on the next topic about, uh, uh, sorry, what was your, what was, what was your last topic? The, uh, it was uh, like, uh, is Binance seeking, uh, oh, yeah. like, a very simplified platform for, uh, you know, baby stepping in retail investors that are elderly or even just like untech savvy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, this actually leads uh, really well to my um, the, to the other topic I want to I want to I want to I want to uh, mention, which is um, Binance Pay. So um, I think Binance, uh, uh, even though a lot uh, a lot of people don't like centralized exchanges, to be very honest, I actually don't like centralized exchanges myself. Um, I actually prefer um, everyone using a decentralized exchange. Um, we don't like holding custody. I don't like the fact that Binance has to hold custody of people's coins. Um, and it's a huge risk. Uh, it's a huge burden. Uh, it's a huge cost, too. Um, the amount of money we, we invest on security uh, uh, infrastructure is humongous. Um, and the DeFi completely gets away with this. So, um, uh, so I actually much like the DeFi route. But the honest situation today is that most people are more comfortable using a centralized exchange. Uh, most people are more comfortable with uh, email logging, customer support, etc., instead of uh, private key or seed and secure backups themselves, and they lose it, then it's gone. Uh, I do uh, think that for the mass adoption, we actually need to cater to the user's uh, current user habits, uh, which is uh, email, password, maybe some other 2FA, etc. And we need to find ways to keep this uh, fund safe. On this point, so uh, so far, um, right now, um, most people outside of crypto are probably not traders, but most people in, cri- in crypto turn, turn into a trader for some reason because they use a centralized exchange, I guess. Payments should be one of the most obvious use cases. It hasn't really uh, taken off, uh, to be honest. So uh, we launched Binance Pay, um, a kind of beta today, I guess. Um, it is a... Uh, it, we're learning from uh, some of the more successful electronic wallets um, in Asia, uh, for example, WeChat specifically, and Alipay. They all have a very simple user interface. One, you can tap on your app, say, look, um, I want to receive a payment uh, uh, of this amount. And then the, the, the app shows a QR code. And the second, uh, your friend can use the, the same app to scan that QR code and move money uh, in, in, to you. So we borrowed that concept applied to, to Binance. So um, right now, two Binance apps can just scan uh, each other and pay. 
um, and more than that, the pair can pay any currency they want, or mo- uh, any of the supported cryptocurrencies or fiat currencies they want, and the receiver will receive the the currency they want to receive. Um, and Binance does the conversion in between um, because we are we are an exchange. We are, uh, 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 we have the liquidity sources. So. Um, and we also developed a merchant's API, uh, so which allows uh, easy integration for online and hopefully later on offline uh, merchants as well. So I think payments, uh, remittances, tra- uh, just transferring of money should be one of the most obvious use cases for crypto. And so far, no one in crypto has really cracked it, to be honest. Um, so uh, we, we, we want to take another shot at it. May or may not be successful. Who knows? But let's see how it goes. So um, other than payments, I think NFTs, gaming, a lot, a, num- a number of other really interesting areas could be um, the next uh, explosive areas. Um, those things are very hard to predict. Um, so my philosophy is always um, let's keep our eyes open and watch what what is already trending, and, and then and then and then try to um, try to latch onto it. Um, so once you uh, so we do do some experiments ourselves. Binance Pay is one of those experiments. I think payments hasn't crypto payments hasn't taken off. Uh, it's not trending to be honest, um, but we'll, we'll take another shot at it. Thank uh, you. Cheers, Brian. Um, let's move on to Tsuong. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing the name okay. Yeah. Hi, Suzy. Yep. I consent to being recorded. I'd like to ask if, to your knowledge, are there any institutional players and venture capital companies interested or already currently operating on Binance Smart Chain? I was surprised to notice only one decentralized VC named Shrimp Capital operating on BSC so far. Are you in contact with them or any other firms that are interested in investing in BSC specifically? Uh, I actually know quite. Okay, so I actually can't comment. Know any specific VC or are working with them, etc. Um, I think if if we have relationships with uh, other business partners, other investors, VCs, they're probably most li- most likely going to be covered by NDA. Now, even if they're not, I assume they are. So I kind of respect business privacy. Um, but I I also happen to know quite a lot of VCs investing in various different projects, uh, either in um, uh, on the um, related to Binance Smart Chain or. Um, on the uh, involving the Binance uh, Smart Chain ecosystem, um, including a large number of wallets, uh, which recently supported um, BSC, including a large number of. More, even today, I talked to a, a VC who is interested in, in co-investing in an NFT marketplace on on Binance Smart Chain. Um, I happen to know quite a quite a number of them. Um, I guess they're not very public um, uh, so far, uh, so probably uh, the information is not um, disclosed uh, uh, publicly. So, but I, I actually see a lot of them. Um, so I'm not really. Uh, I guess my my exposure maybe is somewhat different from uh, from, from yours. Uh, every single investor I talk to, they want to invest on some project on BSC now. So that should give you an idea. Thank you. Yeah, cheers. All right. Um, let's move on to uh, uh, King Kling King. Hi, Suzette. Very quickly, I uh, run a fintech um, which is creating a decentralized um, investment management platform. I come from the, I used to run a hedge fund. I work at Goldman Sachs. And the idea is that there's a lot of good talent out there. We want to incentivize them to put their stock picks with us and pay them for it. And I was wondering, uh, with the development of NFTs, if you think that there is a way that NFTs will develop in such a way that is not just for trading collectibles. Because the way I think about it is that um, evaluating information the person has is, for instance, that person's track record, investment track record. And if you could put that on a on NFT, um, there, there, is, there is value to create that way. So I just wonder if you have any sort of bigger views on how uh, NFTs may develop uh, not associated with digital uh, art, for instance. Uh, absolutely. So I think um, the possibilities are pretty, pretty, pretty limitless. So... Um, um, I don't know exactly which directions it will go, um, but what you described um, is is very very likely. Um, there are also many other different. Uh, historically, um, there has been difficult. So people want to like um, digitize gold, digitize some other asset uh, using fungible tokens. Uh, you're never really sure how many supply is there, etc. Using non-fungible tokens, you can you can you can control that to some degree. Um, so that's one aspect of it. Uh, what you mentioned is actually an old recurring idea I have been hearing and actually thinking about uh, for a number of times, where uh, you can potentially tokenize um, uh, people, or at least people's earning uh, uh, future earnings uh, or um, 
some aspect of it. Um, various different athletes have, uh, in the NBA have tried to do this. Um, I know a number of athletes in Asia wanting to do this. I know artists who wants to do it. Um, so there's, there's a number of different angles this, uh, 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 this could go. Um, they can issue a fungible token with a limited supply, etc. They can also use an NFT of some kind. Um, <clears throat> And there are other like very basic ideas like uh, concert tickets, um, movie tickets uh, that should be NFTs because it's, uh, on that day on, uh, for that seat. Um, um, so uh, they're very specific. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different applications for uh, NFTs that I believe we have not imagined so far. Um, so um, yeah, it's it's a bit unfortunate that Binance doesn't provide an NFT marketplace just yet. So, um, uh, uh, but I think the NFT market could be should be should be pretty pretty big going forward. Thanks very much. Yeah, cheers. All right, let's move to Oscar. Um, hello, CZ. Hello, Ben. Um, so it's a pleasure to virtually meet you. Uh, I'm a student in economic, and so I, I believe it's really interesting to see like to what extent what I'm learning is really changing and all the difference between the new economy that I'm facing now. Uh, my question is focused on the onboarding experience with blockchain. So you might be familiar with the, the comparison with internet. So even in 2008, uh, it was still tricky for a Lambda user to develop a website and create something on the internet. 10 years later now, uh, there is no code tool. So I believe uh, the same process will exist uh, regarding to blockchain. And I would like to hear about your, your opinion about the timeline. Where, where do you believe we are um, regarding um, to that onboarding experience uh, with blockchain for the Lambda users? Uh, sure, I totally agree. I, I, so um, I've been asked a few times what, what, we, what I think are the um, key for um, the industry growth. So um, I actually don't. Um, I actually don't think it's, uh, DeFi, NFTs, etc. I think those things are. I'm not saying bad things about them. I think those things are super interesting. I'm really for them. But I think the biggest thing we have not unlocked is the ease of use for users to hold their own wallet, uh, hold their own uh, coins. Uh, most users, most average people, uh, if we grab like 100 people off the street, most of them are not able to hold a private key safely themselves. Um, so meaning that they, they need to uh, number one, their computer cannot get cannot get a virus or get a hacker in there, um, which means they cannot download stuff. Um, uh, if they want to use a hardware wallet, that's fine, but then they have to back up the seed. Um, they have to uh, they have to encrypt the backup so that people don't don't get a copy of it. Um, they have to uh, distribute the backup so that it's stored in multiple places. So that if there's a flood or fire stuff like that, it doesn't get damaged. You can use a metal tag, but metal tags are easy to lose and and, and they're not encrypted usually. Uh, if you have a, have have access to it, they can copy it. Um, and then um, uh, uh, last but not least, but if oneself become unavailable for some reason, um, we don't live forever. <clears throat> How do you pass uh, your crypto to your, to your heirs, um, to your kids, or etc.? And how do you do that in a way that uh, they cannot take your crypto when you are alive, uh, or when you're still available? So um, there's there's a lot of those issues that we don't we haven't solved today. So for the average people, it's just uh, it, it just. It's just very difficult for them to use crypto. Uh, so I think we need to solve that problem. I think that's the key problem that we need to solve. This is what you, I think uh, this is what you mentioned by, well, what, what I would understand you mentioned by the crypto onboarding experience. And uh, so this is also why I, I know this is why the people actually prefer, most people prefer to use a centralized exchange. Uh, most people buy most average people. Um, there's a lot of guys who wants to use a decentralized exchange, but their numbers are small. Um, the numbers, the numbers indicate that. Um, for the uh, for the numbers to shift, we have to crack the problem. I, I believe we have to crack the, uh, the industry. Have to crack the problem that I just described, and I'm all for cracking that problem. Um, I think once we crack that problem, then uh, the more people will shift to uh, DEXs on DeFi um, on chain transactions, and there will be a bigger problem with transaction fees and uh, capacity and throughput. Uh, and then we need to solve that problem as well. So that's kind of my view. Um, and today, to be honest, for the industry, even on the centralized exchanges, we have onboarding issues. Um, uh, we're flooded with uh, uh, people coming uh, for the last um, weeks or months, and we have a we have such a long queue for KYC, uh, proof of address, um, uh, uh, different checks. Um, we have a long queue for customer support, um, new users who de- who doesn't know how to how to destroy a, de- a deposit withdraw. Etc. So, uh, even for centralized exchanges, we have onboarding issues uh, which we need to improve. But um, um, uh, so we, we're working on that. 
Um, so I think that's where uh, a lot of the frictions are. Um, and um, uh, that's where we need to solve the problems for real mass adoption to happen. Um, that's my view. So uh, let's move to doctor. I see the questions that I think personally I would like to hear from you. Uh, what has been the most challenging uh, project or task since um, the inception of Binance in 2017? I've been a Binance um, since 2017. And uh, also, uh, um, what can you advise for an entrepreneur who is starting a startup? Because Binance is a, is, a, is a good case for somebody to... It may not be about crypto or something, but just from your experience, how is startup um, from the beginning, how they can cope with the, with the environment? Just an advice. Thank you. Yep. Sure. Okay. Um, um, I, the most difficult project is kind of hard to say, to be honest. Um, um, every project is diff- difficult in different ways. Um, so, um, and you don't know which one's more difficult until my, way afterwards. Uh, and to be honest, even afterwards, most difficult, most successful projects um, have to come uh, overcome many different different types of difficulties. So. Um, uh, each each one is very different. For for example, um, our fiat on ramps um, is a, is a very different set of, uh, different set of problems to the sort of say futures, um, which is different, which is very different to P two P trading, um, which is very different to even BSC. BSC is no longer a Binance project; is is more is more of a community project. Um, for, but for example, um, there's another community project for Binance Chain, which the Binance, which quite a lot of the Binance Smart Chain uh, team was involved with. Um, uh, before um, that wasn't super, that wasn't very successful. To be very frank, um, it's still there, still running, but um, it, it hasn't. Uh, it, uh, compared to Binance Smart Chain, it has it, it's not anywhere near the level of um, 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 of of, uh, of success that uh, that Binance Smart Chain enjoys. So um, the uh, I would say the most difficult part of of projects are usually not known in advance. Um, that's the basic thing that you gotta accept about doing a new project is that most of the risks that or difficulties that you, you you recognize ahead of time are usually not gonna be the uh, the, the key risks or the key blockers. Um, they're always gonna be some unknown unknown, and you have to you have to be prepared to deal with it. Um, I think for entrepreneurs uh, who started new projects, um, it's really the mentality that's really important. It's not it's not so much having a very, very good plan. Uh, having a, um, and uh, anticipate all the risks and then addressing them. Um, that's rarely the case. Um, the real risks, uh, the real issues, are always um, unanticipated, um, like some of the some like so, like some of the annoying issues we face today, right? So some of the annoying news, flood, etc. Uh, you, you you can't expect that. Uh, well, you you can't predict that, uh, but you have to deal with it. Um, so it take I, I would say for entrepreneurs, um, it takes very strong will to just keep pushing forward. Um, uh, just uh, ignore the sort of uh, um, noises, focus on what's important, prioritize, and just push through. Um, it's easy. It's much easier said than done. Um, so uh, it takes a lot of practice. Take uh, Binance is probably my fifth or sixth startup. Um, so um, I've. Uh, I've had a lot of experience <laughs> uh, doing more. I've had more failure, failed, failure experiences than, than others. Um, um, so uh, yeah, it just it just takes a very different uh, mentality to 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 push through. Um, the specifics are going to be uh, very detailed, uh, very difficult to sort of say uh, describing a session like this. So yeah. Um, that's as much as I uh, I could say. Uh, quite a lot of the pro- all of all the projects I mentioned, they're all quite difficult. Like um, futures is super difficult. Um, we actually commissioned three different teams to work on Binance futures, uh, and one team kind of uh, ended up being the Binance futures now. Um, so uh, the other two um, did not was was not successful. wasn't uh, wasn't able to compete for very long either. Um, and uh, fiat was very uh, the fiat project was 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 really really difficult as well for a number of. Uh, uh, for a number of other reasons, P two P is quite difficult, but m- all of them are super successful now. So um, yeah, so um, yeah, it's just very, it's just very, it's just very difficult. It's just very different. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, and good to know that this is your sixth project. So um, don't give up. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. All right. Um, let's move on to Alex. Hey, Sisi, thank you for having me here. Um, I wanted to ask on your opinion about all the launch pads that we see popping up. And uh, I mean, it has a bit of the ICOs maybe, but uh, 
I saw also I'm invested in a in a launchpad actually it's a BC a BSC uh, starter and I thought are you working closely together with them or are you supporting them in some way or are they really completely independent from Binance? Uh, okay, um, I'm. I actually don't know very much about them uh, personally. So, um, so and this this is a good question. So this applies to almost all BSC projects. Um, I'm not really associated with uh, with most of them. Um, I know a few of the projects teams, uh, founders, people may have met them before, etc. But um, they are very independent projects. Um, the fact that I tweet about a project that the, I, so this is the reason I'm actually quite careful not to tweet too much about projects I don't I don't know too much about and there's a lot of them I don't know too much about um, uh, not not meaning that they're bad uh, it's just that um, m most of my energy is still spent on Binance.com um, which is it's a large team there's all, all kind of issue, random issues that come up that I, I unfortunately have to deal with even though I'm very hands off um, I but so I'm I'm still still spending quite a most of my time on Binance.com, uh, which I hope to change in the future. But um, I would say oh, like most of the Binance uh, smart chain projects, I don't know them. Uh, I'm not even if I tweet, uh, even if, if I retweet some of the some of the tweets, it may be I like some something something specific in that tweet. It does not mean endorsement on a project. If I follow their funders, uh, it doesn't mean I'm endorsing them. If I follow the project Twitter, it does not mean I'm, a, I'm endorsing them. So um, uh, this is something I really, really want people to understand. That uh, And also, the Binance Smart Chain itself, even though it has a Binance name, I'm not controlling it. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not planning uh, its future direction. I actually, I actually very deliberately not try not to give any voices um, uh, in its future direction. I want that to be a community project without so much involvement from me. Um, so I think um, in the early days, uh, for decentralized projects, you know, for for any project. Um, in the early days, having a having a figure to associate to, having a founder, uh, creates um, easier credibility if that founder is credible. Um, and having a Binance brand, uh, having uh, associating with a brand, is also establishes credibility uh, very quickly. Um, but um, for decentralized projects, having a founder being strongly associated with a project, having a brand uh, strongly associated with a project may be a negative long term. Uh, Bitcoin success is very heavily, I, I believe, is very heavily attributed to the fact that Bitcoin is the most decentralized uh, coin because we don't know who the founder is. Um, the founder is not involved anymore. Um, there's no, there's no longer really a Bitcoin core team. Uh, there are some, there are some teams still uh, doing development for it, but. Um, there's a lot of uh, difference, difference in opinions, and they're settled by forks, which is really great, uh, which is good and bad. It creates a lot of work for exchanges every time there's a fork, um, and uh, but it's good in the sense that it's really decentralized. So for BSC, so for, for Ethereum, Ethereum is uh, today, uh, based on number of nodes, more decentralized than um, uh, Binance Smart Chain, but based on a number of other factors, it may or may not be. Uh, um, on one factor, uh, Vitalik is, is still a much heavier involved founder for Ethereum. Um, so um, in that respect, it's actually more centralized. Um, I actually am not involved in, in Binance Smart Chain at all, other than I show much. Uh, I just tweet quite a lot about it. So I'm not really involved in the technical aspects. Um, I'm not capable of doing that anymore. Uh, I was For Binance Smart Chain, I was never capable of doing it. So I, I never really did it for Binance Smart Chain. Um, and, um, but because Binance Smart Chain, uh, because BNB is the native coin on Binance Smart Chain, naturally I have an incentive alignment to, uh, to, to promote it as, as heavily as I can. So I'm being pretty transparent about it, I, 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 would, I hope. So, but it does not mean I'm endorsing any specific areas or specific projects on the chain. So um, I don't know most of them. Um, uh, so that's something I really want to get out. So to summarize, you say that they're all only using the infrastructure. They're not getting any support or funds or anything. Uh, no, actually, no, that's not true. So um, we have a, um, a, Binance a Binance Smart Chain Ecosystem Fund, which is a $100 million fund. I think they spent about a, only like a couple million so far. So we do give grants. So Binance.com, the centralized entity, uh, give out grants to projects on uh, Binance Smart Chain, uh, on, on various projects who develop uh, um, around Binance Smart Chain. But that's just one uh, one part one party giving grants to encourage the growth of the ecosystem, so which we do that. Um, even if uh, so, of the projects that we if we give grants, we obviously 
uh, think that they are decent projects, etc. But it does not mean endorsement. It does not mean that we but, endorse but audit them. But you audit them in a way, right? Um, to be honest, most of the projects are so early stage. There's n there's not a whole lot to audit. Um, they may have a okay. smart contract. We can audit it. Um, we may or may not know the founder. Some of the some of the projects, the founders per, uh, prefer to stay anonymous uh, or at least pseudo anonymous, um, because again, um, having a founder associated actually decreases the de decentralization aspect of it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, and also there are there are other um, uh, uh, potential issues with uh, with being associated strongly with a project projects as well. So even of the project that we give grants, that don't view that as an endorsement. It, it, does, it does mean that we are, uh, we do we did try to help the project uh, and we want to help the project to succeed. But it does not mean that we have done full audits, etc. Um, okay. But for the project that go through Launchpad, there is a level of, um, there, uh, there is a much higher level of uh, due diligence done to the projects that go through Launchpad. So for projects like Google Launchpad, we look at uh, our our uh, um, our Launchpad team looks at their token economics, uh, check their founders' backgrounds, uh, to um, the flight risk, uh, the rug pull risk for a project that goes through Binance Launchpad is much much smaller. Uh, I, I would not I would not Binance would not guarantee it will never happen, but um, those guys have to go through a much longer uh, due diligence process. Whereas when we got when we give our grants. Um, if it's like uh, if it's uh, a smaller grant size is like 50k US uh, dollars equivalent in BNB, um, at that size uh, we uh, we actually don't do we uh, the team doesn't do that much due diligence because the cost of doing due diligence is probably going to be more than that. Um, those are going to be early projects where there's a couple of founders they may or may not stop the pro working on the project at, at any day. Um, there are some larger grants go up to like a couple hundred thousand dollars. Even then, it's not a huge amount uh, to do a, a very heavy due diligence on. Because when we when Binance do due diligence, uh, we have to have like a team of three to five guys spend quite a bit of time looking at that project, which usually take a month. Um, and uh, for but for for launchpad projects, uh, we do have teams talking to uh, the launchpad project candidates uh, for months, uh, sometimes years. Um, uh, some projects taking two years to get. On to launchpad so for for the for the launchpad deals the uh, we're not guaranteeing the uh the, the, uh we're not endorsing or guaranteeing that there's no issues but they, they do have to go through a much lengthier due diligence process which usually reduces the likelihood of, of pure fraud rug pulls etc it does not guarantee the success of that project either so um yeah so that's something that um uh, i want to clearly spell out for people all right um Let's move to, uh, uh, I guess it will be the, take the last question then, uh, FM. Hi, everyone. Am I clear here? Yeah. Yeah, we hear you. Hey, thank you. I'm Flora Feiming, a founder of FM Gallery, a blockchain-based distribution platform for NFT artwork. Just read my bio. And I, I've noticed that the price of people at Christie's auction is amazing. And my question is whether this price presents the actual value of the work itself, or is it an economy bubble caused by a high attention of people when a new thing appears? What do you think? And how will Binance treat the NFT market in the future? Will you invest in NFT assets yourself? And what are your criteria for investing in NFT projects. Thank you. Uh, so there's quite a lot of questions there. Um, well, number one, let me let me explain the easy ones first. Uh, the fact that Beepo's uh, artwork sold for sixty nine million US dollars um, uh, is really interesting. Um, the price of something is uh, should be the highest price that anyone else in the world is willing to pay for it. Uh, at the price of anything, it should be the highest price of uh, <clears throat> anyone in the world that uh, is willing to pay for it and that you have access to. And NF NFT markets now provides this access to that market. And uh, somebody is willing to pay $69 million for, for the artwork, that's that's fair price. Um, that's that's based on a trade. Uh, that's as fair as it gets. So I think that is a, that is fair price. Uh, whether you, uh, whether it's a bubble or not is a subjective opinion. Anyone can hold their own opinion. Um, so you can think it's a bubble. Um, I can think it's not a bubble. Um, no, no one knows who's right or who's wrong. Uh, bubbles are uh, bubble. The definition of a bubble is pretty 
um, is, is is pretty fluid as well. Um, it's a gradient scale. Um, our definitions will probably be different. So um, let's say the artwork sells for less money tomorrow. Is it a bubble? Uh, how much less would it define that as a bubble? Is it 10x less or is it 5x less or is it 20% less? Nobody really knows. Um, and let's say the artwork sells for more. Um, uh, are, are we in a bear, like, so are we, um, are, we, are we still in a bear market or no? Um, so those definitions are very fuzzy. Um, there's no clear definition of uh, uh, bubbles, etc. So uh, th those are all subjective uh, views, uh, which we cannot define. Um, the interesting thing about NFT markets is that each each time they, um, uh, uh, in addition to uh, somebody willing to pay for it, we we'll, we also need to look at how many people are willing to pay for it uh, to understand the liquidity of something. Uh, just because some, if only one person is willing to pay a high price of something, um, that thing may have that high price but then uh, but the next time you want to sell it if that if that person just changes their mind then you have no market so there's low liquidity for there to be liquidity you need a large number of people willing to uh, pay for it um, again the nft markets provide a sampling or at least be uh, uh, um, inferred data for uh, uh, for liquidity uh, based on how many people bid on it uh, what price they bid for it etc um, <clears throat> So I think, um, so in my view, uh, being an exchange operator, um, I, I view any trade as a, as a fair price. Um, that's what people decide to trade on. So um, for uh, for Binance investments, uh, we uh, uh, to be very frank, uh, NFT is a hot area, and Binance's investment arms are looking at this area to um, to invest. And there's already a number of deals um, that's already been presented to uh, to me, uh, etc. So um, it, it is an area that we actively look at. Um, the criteria are the same as, 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 as we look at any other project. There's no, nothing special for, for NFT projects. Um, ideally, we want to see a product, uh, a team with a product with a large number of users, um, hopefully still at a low valuation. Um, and hopefully we, uh, and, uh, we also look for strong synergies with Binance. In, in the case of a NFTs, I think they are. We can probably boost the number of users for any project that we invest, etc. Um, so we look at my users, product team, um, etc. So it's, it's all the same. It's all, uh, nothing really new there. Um, yeah. So I think that answered most of it. I don't know uh, if there's anything missing. Um, yeah. So I think we, we're we're at seventy five minutes already. Um, yeah. So. Um, I, I think we covered all the topics um, I want to cover, and um, I apologize for. Uh, uh, I know there's a large number of people who raised their hands. Um, I apologize. We we always we can, we never get get to run through um, uh, get to everybody. But in the last three weeks, I've done three three of the sessions. I'll try to uh, hold, uh, try to keep up to a roughly weekly session, uh, yeah. especially when there's news or um, uh, 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 new events, etc. So um, yeah, um, I want to thank everyone for for coming and um, hope to see you see you guys next time. Thank you. We have a session coming up straight away now called Crypto Week in Review, where we discuss the big news stories from the week. So if anybody wants to join that, you're very welcome. And thank you, CZ. Uh, we look forward to the next session. All right. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. Bye.